Welcome to D6 Minutes, the miniature gaming companion podcast that dice over everything, where we choose a topic and talk about it for as long as the dice decides. You might notice that I'm doing the intro this time, since Alan is occupied, I guess, with who knows what, but he sent me a list of questions since our time he doesn't line up on recording day, so you're going to hear all me and no Alan, so you will still get rants, because that's the topic of this podcast every week. All right, let's kick it off with our question we start off with every week. What have you been up to? So, all right, how long are we going for? Six. All right, well, I'm introducing a new rule here where we get re-rolls. So the dice is still deciding, but we're just getting re-rolls here. All right, one. There we go. So for this week, I have been painting a bunch of Necro Cyborgs from War Games Exclusive, and... I've basically been trying like different metal techniques on them that involve painting base colors sort of in NMM but not all the steps first and then afterwards going over them and dabbing metallics on it and I don't know I kind of like the balance of the effect it gives between like TMN and NMM because I don't know just painting the whole thing all metallic I find just looks it looks too chromish and fake and I want these guys to be a bit more gritty. So taking the approach of sort of doing two steps of metallics first, just like a base coat of sort of, say if I'm doing copper, it'll, it's gonna be like a dark red. And then for the gold, it's like a, it's a yellow with a bit of orange to it. And then doing highlights on that, then coming with the metallics and just sort of dabbing over it to get the metals going. And then sort of taking the steps after that in more of an NMM direction, like doing the shadows with flat paint and then coming back and doing edge highlights, but the edge highlights are actually sort of metallic paint, either like a really light color or just mixing a tiny bit of matte paint in just so it like shows up from any angle you look at it. So it's kind of this interesting combination of NMM and TNMM just trying out. So that's what I've been up to for this week. All right, so Alan sends me this list of questions and I don't know, I'm just gonna start from the top of it and pretend I haven't seen them before. All right. So the first question of the different questions is, what is the worst hobby tool or paint you've tried in the past three years? So in the past three years, I mean, if you go further back, I was using game color and other paints like that, which they free formulated game color lately from Vallejo lately. But anyways, let's gotta roll the dice first. There's no one, there's no one keeping track of this otherwise. Five minutes, all right. I've taken my one re-roll for this podcast, so we're going with five. All right, so worst in the last three years. So we've got five minutes, so I would say if we're going back further, I would say worse it was using game color before then, just because blending with it was so difficult. But now I haven't used that many bad paints lately, except I did try the contrast paints, at least the Vallejo versions of them. So those are the express colors. And I was just finding that the control they have, like they do what they're supposed to do in terms of if you cover something, it lets the colors underneath it show through. But I want more control when I paint. So I was just really annoyed that I couldn't feather it off or do anything like that with it like you could with like a properly watered down miniature paint. But and just highlighting over it, the whole the whole process of using contrast paints is sort of unforgiving. 
that if you start from one color, you've done your undercoating and you try, let's say you make a mistake or you want to go back and change something, you've got to go and you've got to repeat all those undercoating steps. Like if you've zenithed it, if you've done like a wash over it, which is sort of what I do. If I'm trying to pre-shade things a little, I'll just wash it all black and then possibly dry brush the edges just to have those sticking out for pre-shading. But with contrast paint, you go and you don't like what you've done. Like you lay out a bunch of colors to block in the areas and you're like, oh, this this color scheme is crap or this didn't work out here or there. You're now basically just stuck into it and you've got to go back into square one and paint it all over again. So like with how I paint, I prefer to block out the colors everywhere throughout the model just to get sort of a sense of are these colors all going to work together? Like just paint the mid-tone, paint that mid-tone all over the whole miniature and then decide, okay, is this color scheme working? And if it's not working, before you put all the effort into like painting the shadows, painting the highlights on one area, then moving to another area, then realizing, oh, okay, that thing I just finished all the steps on does not work in this color scheme and I'm gonna have to go back and do the whole thing over again. Like you're not gonna be willing to go back and fix things like that if you've painted like all the steps, it's just gonna be so painful. And so with contrast paints, if you've sort of done your pre-shading that I find is what it takes to make that really look good, you've got to go back and repeat all those pre-shading steps. And if you've been using an airbrush and you've painted like an area next to it, you're gonna you're just gonna get overspray all over the place. So I just, for the type of painting I want to do and how I want things to look, I don't think contrast paint is the way to go. And I wouldn't even say like the Express Paint is a terrible product compared to the other ones. Like it does come out matte, which I can appreciate. So if you're painting like textured guys, and you're, you're just okay with it being like one basic step to complete the whole painting, I think you could be happy with that look. But if you're trying to like paint flat areas, just contrast paint, I don't think is ever going to give you the same look you can achieve with painting a bunch of layers. And I've just realized that I have no real interest in just churning out guys for the sake of churning them out. So it just, it doesn't fit my style of like what I want to achieve through painting is using contrast paint. So. I would say that's the the worst thing I've used in the past few years. And I don't know any runners up on that. Other terrible tools. I don't know, some metallics I find just have absolutely zero coverage, but I don't know, I guess I can keep going on about the contrast paints and all that. So the other ones I've seen people use from the the Army Painter versions, the speed, Army Painter Speed Paints, and then the GW ones, I find just come out like shiny. What they do do, probably because of just how they're formulated, is they do create more black lining than the Express Paint. So they have that going for them if you're really trying to paint quickly, but you can sort of correct that with the Express Paint by doing a bit of a, like a wash beforehand with a dark color. So that'll then create your dark lining first and then you can go over it with the Express Paint afterwards. But like I said, it just doesn't create the colors I think it should. And also just with testing it out, I think the best way to use it is probably to paint like another color first, like a light other tone, then go over it. But once you start adding steps like that, it just becomes less and less worthwhile when you could, if you're if you're already going and having to block in colors carefully and do it twice basically, to block in the color, then sort of block in the color again, but using like a contrast type paint. I don't see it as saving a whole pile of time. 
So that's just why I don't see it as the most useful tool because I could say go and paint a base color and then at the same time as painting the contrast paint, I could go and just take some other paint, water down with a bit of medium in, it, medium in it, and then apply that sort of just into the shadows and the edges, and then just concentrate on having it go to the edges, and then basically by two brush blending, take the second brush, clear it off the upper area, and then actually paint the whole thing in those same two steps, but with actually having some control. So I would say that's why I would com I've completely abandoned the idea of using contrast paints. All right, on to the next question that Alan sent me. How would your gaming group have how small would your gaming group have to be before you changed over to bigger games to find more people to play with? All right, so with our Infinity, which is the regular gaming group we play with. Oh, nope. All right, not not staying on track. Got to roll this first. Bam, four. All right, we're going to get lots of these questions in here. Oh, actually, no, we got one, five, four. That's going to be the last topic. Okay, so again, the question is, how small would your gaming group have to be before you change to bigger games to find more people? So our, our Infinity group has, like, it's been bigger, it's been smaller at the store we play and the stores we've moved around between. And I would say it's dropped as low as like four people for long periods and then gone up to like freak, often 10 people when it was going really strong. So I don't know, just from previous experience, the number seems to be set at four. The problem is I think if you go lower than that, like you're playing competitive miniature games. Now, if you're down to three, I would say three is definitely not going to be so workable with the games like the most of us play where you've got one versus one games. If you got if you're for some reason playing a game where there's free for alls, yeah, maybe you can go down to three and it's still okay. But you're you're kind of going to feel the social aspect is dropped off at that three number. And honestly, I think if we stayed at four people for long periods of time, I probably would have gone like searching for other games to see what actually has like more of an active community in it. But fortunately, just because Infinity like has people attracted to it, people have come back to it. And just with other games that we've stopped playing, like it wasn't, I don't even think we stopped playing because the community shrunk. I think it's because people sort of came to a consensus that the game just wasn't the best game out there and everybody shifted over rather than the community dropping so, so small. Or maybe it was just that we were the group that shifted it over and then like other people were the laggards who ended up having the game, their gaming group become too small. Like say talking about previous games we played in the past like War Machine, X-Wing and all that, that, I don't know, I think we we were moving on before they moved on. So I can't, I don't know if I can definitely say from experience that our gaming group has ever become too small and we've had to like close it down. It's basically we've moved on from a game and then it hasn't stopped. But I, could, I think you could say that if you just met the same four people every week in and out, it would stop to feel quite as social because even at like our gaming store, I think the Malifo group that was playing on the same night as we were playing Infinity had four people like fairly often, but maybe it was the game, maybe it was, was they just didn't feel like they had much of a community. It was the same thing happening every week. Like if you've got, if you play the same few people all the time, also I guess the game is going to get sort of boring unless you revolve your armies pretty often, but Given the pace that most people paint at, most guys aren't going to show up with a new list like every two months to give somebody else something new to play with, or you're maybe not going to replace your army every two weeks, so you show up with something fresh to keep it going. So I think honestly, if, if you had the gaming group of six, 
I would be like pretty happy with that because we like the social aspect is often going out for like food drinks afterwards and if you've got six people there and maybe like two people can't make it because they've got early morning stuff or just like whatever other obligations that don't let them go out afterwards you've got still got four people left which is good to go get a table shoot the shit after playing games so i don't know just thinking of it from that direction having six people is kind of ideal and when i thought i think if we dropped below that for long periods of time i'd be like eh, maybe we should go explore what the other other games are but i'm not sure what it would take to draw me back into like a big army game like 40k or age of sigmar where people are sort of you see them playing it all the time and ending up with them just because I don't know, the whole whole army size game just isn't appealing. Not sure what the game is that would be moved to, or if you would just end up possibly moving game stores as the way. So maybe if you were looking for the bigger games and your store didn't have them, you would just have to move. So that's, I don't know, it's an unfortunate reality, but like I said at the beginning of the answer, we haven't had to think about our gaming group being the laggards in this. So anyhow... If you have questions you want to send us, you can let us know at contact at Dice Over Everything, or find us on Facebook and let us know what you're up to and if you've got any questions. All right, this has just been Brandon this time.